Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to Speed City with John Massengill, Bob Varsha, and Jonathan Green. It's the fastest hour on the radio. Speed City. All right, gearheads, welcome to the show. Max Verstappen wins the Qatar Grand Prix, his 14th win of the season. And after wrapping up the championship yesterday, an amazing weekend for the Red Bull team and a really pretty amazing race. This is John Massengill sitting with Bob Varsha, and we've got Chris Medlin out in Qatar. But I just thought this was, you know, there's so much going on. It was hard to keep up with. I, I, my notes, I kind of gave up a little bit, but all the track limits and all the time penalties – Bob, um, uh, did you enjoy the race today with all that going on? Me? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, I wish I had kept more meticulous notes than you and Chris did regarding who was going to be pitting where, but, of course, I didn't know who was on what kind of tires. And, I, and I, I'll say again, I thought that was pretty entertaining knowing when guys had to come in. Um, yeah. It really does make things interesting. And all the, the concern that uh, was expressed by the – uh, the Formula One uh, officials about too many cars pitting simultaneously. I mean, we didn't see anything close to that uh, based on uh, on pit stop rotations during the race. I mean, it was rarely more than one car in the pit lane at a time. Yeah, so Chris, that all worked out rather well. Chris Mendon, what do you think, buddy? Well, to be honest, I'm, I'm actually chasing out how all the drivers are doing because I'm getting quite a few messages from different teams saying our drivers are not feeling well at all. Um, so uh, the Red Bull drivers seem to both be all right. But um, at Williams, both drivers feeling unwell. There was uh, Logan Sargent. Uh, I've had Alpine getting in touch saying, is this usual? Is everyone else reporting this? Um, so I think it's, it is humid here tonight. It's much more humid than we've had. And I do wonder, uh, we might have heard it in the uh, post-session um, interviews with the top three that the fact that we had a, a flat out race uh almost like qualifying style has mm -hmm. kind of exhausted them uh, like uh, when they weren't expecting it this is a high performance track in terms of high g and um it's all very high speed so it is physically tiring in that sense and they've always said singapore's issue is the length of the race rather than the actual fitness you need for it well this i think this was more the fitness you need to drive a formula one car then you add the heat and the humidity and qualifying laps each time. And I think it's, I think it might have broken a few. So, uh, sorry, I was, uh, I was elsewhere. If you asked whatever question that was. No, that's great. No, Chris. We're right on it. And I have a question about pit stops. We saw, um, you know, Lando even mentioned in his post-race interview, a 1.8 second pit stop for McLaren. They also had, there were some 2.0s out there, 2.1. So the teams, as they inevitably do, are getting back under that, you know, line in the sand, if that's what it is, that the FIA decided needed to be, you know, slowed down. They need to uh, adjust the rules so that these teams don't have such quick pit stops that perhaps safety is compromised. I'm not saying that's what's happening, but we're seeing the teams adjust and they're once again 
doing these phenomenal pit stops. You anticipate we're going to hear some more discussion about whether someone needs to intervene and slow these pit stops down? I'm not too sure because I think the main thing that they said now is that you have to have certain fail safes, uh, but it's it's the human element. It, it's removing the automated sections that they had mm -hmm. at one point, um, or, or aspects that were allowed to be automated, uh, and they didn't they didn't want that to become a, an arms race as well. So by removing that, um, they've managed to you know change the, the, what was the standard, and now it's as you say reverting to. Uh, the levels that we had seen before, which is highly impressive. Uh, so we'll, um, I don't, I don't envisage them slowing that down again. I think they'll just say, you know, fair play for negating it. Good for them then. There's really nothing they can probably do about it. <clears throat> no, you're right. Aside from having a minimum pit stop time, but then you take out, in a sense, you take out the uh, excitement, don't you? You, you yeah. If you said every pit stop has to be at least three <clears throat> seconds, They'll, they'll kind of cruise to a three-second stop and everyone will have a three-second stop. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I, this weekend, I was involved with the uh, Indianapolis eight hours for the uh, GT3-based uh, SRO GT World Challenge America. They have minimum pit stop times. In other words, if you're, if you're doing a non-refueling stop, you only get X amount. You cannot do a pit stop from pit entry to pit exit with the time stationary in less than a certain number of seconds, which varies somewhat from track to track. Um, if you're free, uh, refueling the car, it's even longer. And it's amazing to me to watch these teams who have it down to a science. I mean, if they are given a 63 second minimum pit stop time, they will come in, do their service, creep down the pit lane, and hit the clock just right on the button at 63 seconds to stay within the rules. So, you know, another example of how racing teams of any stripe uh, will, you know, adjust to whatever the rule is and make it work. Hey, Chris, I want to ask you about Logan Sargent. Um, we were talking before you came on and, and uh, you know, all we saw was it, it looked like to me right before the television cameras, you know, the, the teammates blocked the view is that he was having struggling getting out of the car after he took himself out of the race. Mm, yeah, that, so all I've had from Williams is that both drivers are not feeling very well at all at the moment. Um, so I'm going to see if I can get an update from them about uh, how they're getting on. Uh, it does seem to be uh, uh, that for, it's essentially exhaustion for, for most. Um, that it, you know, yeah. It's maybe caught them out a bit. Um, but yeah, that there are uh, a number of drivers here that are really physically done after today rather than like an, you know, an, you know anything else more sinister just it is exhaustion levels so um alex albon apparently really struggling with that too and it sounds like i think uh sergeant was pushing himself to his absolute limit wasn't he there was a radio message where he was offered the chance to stop the team were like no let's look after you like you can park the car james house was saying and at that point logan's like no i can get through this i, I can see this through but normally if you're in a car I mean, people who uh, suffer from motion sickness will know this sort of thing. Whatever's triggering it, unless you stop the thing that's triggering it, you're only going to deteriorate. You're only going to get worse. It doesn't get better. So uh, once they were started the race, until he stopped racing, it was not going to improve. And uh, and clearly, it, it went downhill for Logan as well. So I will uh, I will find out. There's a chance. I mentioned earlier when we were on the grid and spoke to him that we might hear from uh, James Rouse this evening. But... I am warned that it depends on how the drivers are doing and what else he has to deal with. So uh, I'm actually heading down to Williams right now down the paddock. So yeah. I will let you know. Yeah, that's that's interesting. Uh, quick, what I can get the fact that both drivers are not feeling well. This you know makes you worry a little bit about you know not just you know you think about true heat stroke or heat exhaustion, something more serious because this was well you know yeah yeah you know, I have some experience with dehydration after my <clears throat> excuse me after my uh, chemotherapy and my cancer treatments i had a lot of trouble of course we had very hot summers everywhere uh, and i even fainted on a couple of occasions and after testing the doctors decided it was dehydration and i'll tell you lying on the bed in the hospital the thing that perked me up in a hurry was a saline iv huh just put a few units i of, bet that's uh, what's happening of fluids in your system yeah i'll bet there are i, mm -hmm. I wouldn't doubt that at all after mm -hmm. today chris what did we decide the temperature I mean, was the, the air temperature? Uh, well, so I was, it was, while we were during that race, I mean, I'm back outside now, uh, I was looking at the, the screens and they were saying, yeah, temperature is about 33 degrees Celsius. 
um, which if I do a quick uh, translation on my current app right now, we're talking 90, about like 90, nearly, what, about 90? A little over 90, like um, 90, 91 and a half, yeah. Mm. Yeah, and, and from that, we've then got humidity, like uh, nearly 80%. So this is kind of Singapore temperatures and Singapore humidity, but on a much tougher track. Uh, and in a, a race that I'd say tougher as in, yeah, the G, again, as I said earlier, the G-force, the actual uh, physical state you need to be in to just drive the car to its limit anyway. Um, and it, it wasn't time limited, this race, by any stretch, but drivers would have been tired just completing this race in much cooler temperatures because of the sort of track it is. It's physically challenging. But uh, yeah, I think the added humidity might be, might be part of the issue as well, which again would then tally with what Bob just said about dehydration because you're going to sweat even more. And we saw all of the drivers seem to be struggling in the sense anyone noticed who watched on TV, the onboards of uh, George Russell cracking open his visor when he was in the pit lane fully. Yeah. He had the, uh, his hands out over the front of the cockpit to try and get some air in. Uh, Lando mm-hmm. Norris did the same, was cracking his visor. So we're going to try and see uh, who's kind of had, who's had what in that sense. Uh, and uh, yeah, I'm just looking, actually, there's a screen showing a, a tweet from Lewis Hamilton. I know I haven't really talked about Mercedes pair yet, but their, uh, their collision that they had on the first lap that Lewis has now taken full responsibility yeah. for, having seen the replay. So um, I'm going to see if I can also stalk George Russell and, and get his take on that, because he's one of those who has made it to the media pen, at least. A number of drivers still haven't. Right now, it is... Yeah. What's the temperature? 88 degrees. Hey, it's be- it's better uh, than Qatar. And Abu Dhabi is 89 degrees. And can I tell a quick Las Vegas story I learned this weekend, or should I wait? Well, it has- well, I'm I'm just right now. I'm at. Uh, if you could have heard the background noise, I don't know if my mic's picking up. I'm down at Alfa Romeo because, again, another angle that we need to get in on all of this is uh, double points for this team in what was a pretty chaotic race. And I'm just going to see if uh, if I can grab a word one there, drivers that, that has come back. But it was the team celebrating uh, at that point. And I don't know if I can try and see if I can get um, Joe Van Yu before he gets changed. Yeah, double points huge, Chris. Uh, yeah, I've got him. Yeah, Joe, P9 today. Firstly, physically, how are you? A lot of drivers seem to really be struggling. I mean, I'm, I'm exhausted. I, I, I definitely feel okay now. But uh, honestly, it's been pushing quality lap for 18 laps on the hard compound to make the difference. I would just so tricky and the heat there's no wind so you can't get airflow like on the in lab i have to have my visor open otherwise with that slow speed i wasn't able to break well i won't keep you long because you must need some water and stuff too but how pleased are you with two points in ninth place Valtteri ahead of you in eighth big day for the team yeah amazing uh tricky second half season really rewarding for the whole entire factory going forward and yeah today it's just been fantastic i'm with race scrap and pace we're managing everything well on the team as well so really happy well congratulations thank you uh, it's nice to hear from him. We haven't talked to him all season, but man, did he say exactly what we were all thinking, that that is rough out there. Yeah, yeah, big time. I mean, yeah, I imagine we're going to get that from a number of different drivers. I'm going to keep uh, keep an eye open. Um, and <laughs> I just had someone, someone come up to me who's involved in the Andretti project, sorry, um, who yes. saw a poll I put on Twitter, another topic we want to talk about. <laughs> um, and, uh, and I put... I put a poll up being like, right, fans, what do you want? Do you want an 11th team? I didn't say Andretti. I said an 11th team. And I think from over 20,000 votes, of like 88% were like, yes. <laughs> so the person involved in the Andretti project just came over and went, good poll. Um, so, <laughs> sorry, that, was, that, Chris, that threw me a little bit there. I, I already teased that before you came on. I said, well, <laughs> I retweeted that and said, the people have spoken, hashtag Andretti F1. I, I brought Andretti into the conversation for you, so you didn't have to, Chris. Yeah, uh, thank you. Yeah, I'll, um, I just, it was why I was distracted there, though. I suddenly had to break off. But hey, speaking uh, yeah, of a break, was... Chris, we, we need to squeeze one in real quick here. Is it a good time? Go for it, yeah. All right. Well, we're going to get a quick break in. When we come back, we'll see who else Chris can grab with this microphone. You're listening to Speed City back after these messages. As a rider, you know what you like the power, the feel, the ride. When it comes to gear, you know what keeps you safe. Ducati Austin provides riders with the finest in day and easy leathers, the best the market offers. Visit Ducati Austin on Breaker Lane just east of I-35 and throw your leg over the most iconic sports bike ever built. Ducati. Even take it for a test ride or see what's been described as art on wheels from MV Augusta. You know what you like. See it at Ducati Austin, online at DucatiAustin.com. 
Winding Road Racing is your first and best choice for all the essentials for a great weekend at the track. We're racers, and we love helping racers. With a full selection of racing gear in stock, get geared up with all the safety equipment needed to meet all the latest Snell, FIA, and SFI regulations. Outfit your car with a comprehensive lineup of racing necessities, and when you need to find a few more tents, turn to data acquisition systems from AIM Sports, V-Box, and others. Austin-based with shops in California, Georgia, and Kentucky, the source for all your racing needs. Winding Road Racing, windingroadracing.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hi, this is Karun Chandok, and you're listening to Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio. Speed City. Thanks to Karun Chandak bringing us back. Man, he does a great job, doesn't he, on television? Uh, hey, yes, Chris, he does. we have your poll up on the uh, on the YouTube screen. It's up to 88.2% say yes, we should have an 11th team. Your question was, do you want an 11th team? That And that's not just a handful of people. That's 20,000 people saying that? That's yeah, a, that's a pretty, pretty serious thousand. poll, Chris. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm lucky enough I've got a few followers on Twitter, as you mentioned earlier, because I'm non-stop typing on it during races, I think. And, uh, yeah. Oh, sorry, X, should we say? I'll get in trouble for giving it the wrong name, won't I? Yeah. I, uh, but, uh, yeah, it was an engaged engaged audience there. So, uh, But I was very careful to say new team rather than Andretti because I think there could be a difference there. But the way that all the teams are speaking, they're very clear as well. They're saying this is nothing about Andretti. This is about an 11th team. It could have been anyone. Uh, and they've been strong on that throughout. So um, it's trying to like remove the, you know, if, if people just don't like Michael or just don't like, you know, an American team or anything like that, that's not a, a part of it at all. It's just a straight question and answer that mm-hmm. the team members have been talking about. And then uh, the way I did that on the poll. But yep. yeah, I'm, I'm sure we can dig into that a bit further, a bit further down the line. But I'm just, uh, just trying to see which drives have made it as far as the TV pen now after. All right. Well, you're uh, doing taking that, Chris. Time, I think to recover. We've got, yeah, it's, it's quite a strange one. Normally, uh, the, uh, the the media pen starts to thin out um, fairly fairly regularly at the, at the same time after each race. But uh, I think drivers have been coming and going at different times as they've been, depending on how they've been feeling and how they're recovering. So, mm. Fernando Alonso now only just getting here for the first time. He's in a, he's got chains, he's got a cool jacket on. Um, but it suggests he's probably already had a shower to try and cool down and rehydrate. So, I think, I don't think there's a driver that escapes this. I don't think there's a single one that's going to turn around and go, yeah, that was fine. I, I mean, wanna... Max Verstappen tried, didn't he, after when he did his yeah. post-race interview. And he's like, yeah, top five, one of the hardest, but, you know, it was okay. And then you see him in the cool-down room and he had to sit down. Yeah, Ooh. I want to hear from, if we can grab another driver, I just want to hear, I'm fascinated to hear and see how they're doing and make sure that 
I just, you know, this is such an unusual thing that, that, uh, I mean, we actually lose a driver from, from fitness and so many more are complaining about it. It'd be interesting to see what they say. Uh, but Chris, yeah, we ran down the, the, uh, the finishing order and everything before, uh, in the first part of the show. And, um, and we, and we touched on that, uh, great finish by Alfa Romeo, how they moved ahead of Haas because of that. And, mm. and Sergio Perez, I want to ask you, Chris, cause, um, he finished 10th, but how many time penalties did he have? I believe there were three in the end, two in the race, uh, two five second ones in the race. And then there was another five second one that was added post race. I'd seen the alert come up, uh, I think on the final lap or penultimate lap that he might have exceeded track limits again. And with each additional one, it was an automatic extra five second time penalty. So uh, it just took a little while for it to come through. So when he crossed the line and they applied all the penalties that were still outstanding, it only dropped them to ninth at that point. But then the final penalty was added afterwards, dropped them another place to 10th. So yeah, I think 15 seconds worth of penalties there. And I, I guess it would be down to someone else to, to do the maths on that in terms of, I, I don't have the race result in front of me right now, but if you took 15 seconds off his race time, I'm sure he's much, much further up, kind of top six perhaps. So costly, costly errors for a lot of drivers, though, because not everyone got a penalty. It's, you know, there were a lot of penalties, but they tended to actually all, all group to a certain group. Off the top of my head, Alex Albon got multiple. So too did Lance Stroll, and so too did Pierre Gasly. So costly. Yeah, that was, uh, was kind of crazy. Uh, let me see. I think we've got a caller on the line. Yes, we do. We have, uh, we have Bryn from North Dakota. Hi, Bryn. How are you? What did you think of the race today? Yeah, good afternoon. Yeah, really good. Uh, enjoying race to listen to. Uh, I haven't heard you mention what happened to Russell after he put the softs on because uh, he was falling back and they were really scared. He'd catch Lando up. Um, I haven't heard anybody. Was it because he wasn't feeling well himself, do you think? Or And on that point, I hope all the drivers are okay. But... Are they not allowed to have water in the cars like they do with MotoGP, do you know? Uh, I don't think they are, actually. But well, who did you say you were uh, asking yeah, about? Yeah, they do. Oh, they do? They, they can. They just don't for reasons of width. Yeah, some don't. Some do. Uh, oh. I think I think looking at it, um, I thought I saw uh, Logan Sargent remove uh, his drinks wire before he got, tried to get out of his car. Oh, that's um, right, yeah. So I think, I think that, yeah, I think that some did. Um, it is true that some choose not to. Uh, depending on the type of race and how difficult the thing will be because, yeah, they can save a bit of weight that way. But I think on a day like today, I'd imagine all drivers had uh, had taken some uh, drink and electrolytes would have been in there in the car. But obviously that would just get hot eventually. Yeah, And it seemed like the water. issue from what Joe, yeah, Joe Guanyu's point though was I think less about the hydration. It's just more about you keep overheating because you can't get any air in the car. You weren't cooling down. Uh, and it is surprisingly still compared to what we have had. And, Complete tangent. Sorry, I know we're going to ask Bryn again for, for the driver he wanted to speak about uh, in detail. But the big difference I noticed here this week with the heat was when it was properly hot, a breeze didn't cool you. The breeze was blowing hot air on you yeah. uh, and making you even hotter. Uh, whereas you know, when temperatures were a bit lower early in the weekend and not so high humidity, then at the right time, a breeze was still you know, welcomed. It was still just that bit cooler than uh, than the temperature around it. So. That's probably the main difference. Uh, and I mentioned it, didn't I, pre-race? You know, racing here at this time of year has just not gone down well with everyone, and this might be a, a question that then gets brought up. Uh, we'll ask Brent in a second, but Chris, this is why we don't have the USGP in Austin any earlier than we do, because we've had a 100-degree temperature as, as recently as this week. It finally cooled down. We had the first cold front since April, but we had 100 degrees like Monday or Tuesday of this week, right before all this hit or something like that. It was... And it's stunning that we can still have it. But, Bryn, who was the driver you were asking about? Yeah, it was George Russell. Because um, ah. uh, mm. um, McLaren was sort of worried about him going onto the soft tyres. But when he went onto the soft tyres, he was falling back and not catching him up because they were thinking he would. Yeah, great question. I actually didn't know the answer. Chris, do you know what was going on there? He went soft no, tyres so and he had I'm no actually... pace. Yeah, he, he had one lap that looked all right. He had some very slow ones as well. So I'm just stalking him right now to see if... I can grab him uh, when he heads back to the Mercedes motorhome. I'm not sure if I'll get to because um, I think a lot of the drivers right now are going to do the bare minimum and try and get themselves to a cool room. Uh, and having me keep them outside any longer won't go well. But I'll, I'll see if I can ask the man himself. Uh, and if not, there's um, Mercedes spokesperson uh, Bradley Lord that I think we can speak to in a little bit as well. We'll want to get his take on the collision between those two. So I'll, uh, 
I'll have to get an answer one way or another for you, Bryn. Yeah, I, I, that's, I'm going to have the same question. Well, Bryn, thank you for calling. We really appreciate your, you always have good questions. I recognize your name and we appreciate you listening. Um, I want Casey, I just sent you on the chat, a image of an Alonzo radio. Somebody tweeted this, but I actually have this same photo on my phone and it was a Alonzo radio where he says, the seat is burning, mate. Anything we can do at the pit stop, throw water, throw me water or something. Wow. I mean, literally his seat was so hot. He wanted to pour water in his seat. Speaking of water. In I the think car, he wanted yeah. to pour water on I himself. Think... He's got IndyCar experience and that's how they put out methanol fires. Hmm. He's uh yeah, I'm just, I'm still looking now though. Yeah. He's in the, he's in the mix zone and he's the only driver in a, in a cool jacket still at this point. So yeah, it must've been, uh, must've been very hot for him in that, in that car. Uh, he also did get a reprimand by the way, for uh, the way he rejoined the track after his off track moment at turn two. Yeah. Uh, I know it flashed up on the, on the screens. It was under investigation that he maybe rejoined unsafely uh, and the stewards chose uh, a reprimand for that one. So he's been, yeah. I don't know if he's actually been to the stewards or they've done that themselves but they felt that he did rejoin in an unsafe manner because of the speed and the angle that he returned to the track in. Oh. Yeah, he almost collected Charles Leclerc, the Ferrari. Alonso went right to the middle of the racetrack just as Leclerc was bearing down on him. And speaking of the heat, I just sent Casey another photo to put up. Uh, we've got um, in the, um, the, the, the post-waiting-for-the-interviews room, there's, there's – uh, Oscar Piastri laying on the floor, Max Verstappen sitting on the floor, and Lando Norris in a chair with drinking water. I mean, these guys just look exhausted. I've never seen anything like this. <laughs> yeah, crazy. Uh, let's see what else, guys. Just looking through the, um, the finishing order here. Well, to answer that uh, question that the, was posed about how many cars would be the most that ever showed up uh, the answer i believe is 39 from 20 teams in the days before <laughs> the regulations determined how many teams could enter the championship which is now 13 of course so they'd have pre-qualifying and if you were at the lower echelon usually 10 or 12 cars would go out first thing on friday morning for an hour and only four cars would advance to regular practice and qualifying everybody else had to go home come halfway around the world do an hour of pre-qualifying, and if you didn't make the cut, pack up and get out. Hmm. I've seen that many cars on a track at Coda when we have the F4. They have something like mm -hmm. that. They have something like almost 40 cars on track, and it looks... Yeah. <laughs> looks well, what got up Bernie Ecclestone's nose was they didn't have quarters for these cars. They didn't have permanent garages for them. So I remember my first uh, race in uh, Rio at Jacarapagua for the Brazilian Grand Prix. Bless you. The teams are being sheltered by scaffolding and large <laughs> chunks of wood, like plywood. And uh, it was a real, really um, not a good look for Formula One, I will say. Um, but hey, those days were soon over. Hey, Chris, speaking of not enough garage space, that's been a discussion that everybody from Liberty Media CEO Greg Maffei is talking about to Domenicali's talked about that. I think maybe even some of the other team principals that some of the circuits around the around the world are, are not ready for an 11th and 12th and 13th team, are they? No, and I think it's true that some aren't, but they are meant to be, and they have to be based on their contracts at some stage. So essentially, if a new team was added, it would be on them to go, okay, we need to expand. We have to invest in that. Uh, they may well ask Formula One or the FIA to help them invest, but the contracts they sign are for a sport that could have up to 26 cars. So... I don't think it really holds too much weight, but it, it is a logistical issue that would need addressing, but it, you know, contractually, it's in there at the moment. So uh, I just uh, have an update, though, on Logan Sargent from Williams, who say, following Logan's retirement from the Grand Prix, he has been assessed and cleared by the medical team on site after suffering from intense dehydration during the race, weakened by having flu-like flu -like symptoms earlier in the week. So oh uh, that's, uh, yeah, that does not sound fun, does it? But uh, apparently, at least he is now back with the team and okay. Yeah, flu-like symptoms was... means he was already on the path to dehydration, and you're right. you were spot on, exactly. Bob. Yeah. So, well, all right, guys, we need to get a, a, a quick break in here, and when we come back, we'll continue to break down the Formula One Qatar Grand Prix right after this.
Hey guys, we are very excited to welcome our new sponsor, All Stop Brewery, to Speed City. These guys make a fantastic beer, and I'm going to let Jonathan talk about it, but I'm going to tell you about it. When I tasted it, I am not a big beer aficionado. I like a nice cold beer, but I'm always worried about a craft beer or a new beer that it's going to have a funky taste, especially aftertaste. This beer was fantastic. I have absolutely no uh, no qualms at all that this is my new favorite beer. But, Jonathan, you know why, what makes it so special, the water and the recipe? Well, yeah. I mean, these guys have done their research and do it right, and they've even imported the right water to do it right. I mean, it, it, I tell you, this Allstad beer, fantastic. And I'm, uh, you know, most Europeans are snobs about their beer, uh, and I, I'm, I'm definitely one of those. Because You're definitely a snob? Yes, okay. about my beer. Okay. Uh, <laughs> because there's no question, carbonation has always been my issue here in the States. It's overcarbonated. And our lagers, our pilsners and lagers in Europe, um, uh, especially German ones, are not that heavily carbonated. And that's a key thing. And that's the first thing that uh, hit me was just how well they've done the beer. Uh, it's based out of Fredericksburg. It's, uh, it's got a great tie-in because, obviously, Fredericksburg, a German town, and now they've got a Texas German beer, and it's cracking. Yeah, and the uh, the facility out there, it's amazing. They've, they've really done it right. It's really fantastic. So so check it out. You can get it at all the local HEBs and everything else, right? Yep. Uh, it's around all around Texas. You can get it. Uh, they sell it in... Uh, uh, on on the shelf there as a Texas beer, but uh, I'll tell you what, you're in, right back in Germany when you drink it. And it's Altstadt Beer, A-L-T-S-T-A-D-T, beer.com. Altstadt Beer, A-L-T-S-T-A-D-T, beer.com. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Hello to everyone, this is Gunter Steiner, this is Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. Chris Medlin, out at Qatar, what's happening? Yeah, I've managed to grab a seat, which is welcome, I'll tell you, in this, uh, in this heat and humidity, uh, outside Mercedes with Chief Communications Officer Bradley Lord, who probably had one of the hardest jobs going at the end of lap one, given A, your normal role, but B, that you are an active spokesperson for the team as well. And you get questions like the one I'm about to ask you. What was the team reaction to the two cars coming together at the start of the race? The main reaction is, right, what we're going to do now with George and where can we get back to, honestly? Um, things move forward very quickly, obviously. As a team, uh, rule number one is the cars don't make contact with each other. And you never want to see um, either of your cars in the gravel trap um, on lap one or especially at the first corner. So it was a, about as bad a start to the race, I think, as we could have imagined. Um, but from there, you very quickly switch into recovery mode and say, right, what's possible? And lap two, as we're behind the safety car, the strategists were saying, well, we might be able to get back to the points here with George. He's got a, he's still got three stops to make and so is everybody else. And he's at the back, not at the front as he was. Um, and from there, he just put in an absolutely stellar drive um, to be 
that quick, that consistent all the way through and to get back to P4 and in the end to score two points more than Ferrari on a day when um, it could have been a lot more, but also could have been um, a lot worse as well was a heck of a recovery from him. Yeah, in the media centre, we joked, it was very nice of you guys to even up the score since Ferrari didn't start the race with Carlos Sainz. But um, <laughs> firstly, on George, he just walked past us to go back to the driver room. Physically, how is he? Because we've seen a number of drivers really struggling after today's race. Yeah, I think this is probably one of the most intense races that any of the drivers have experienced. And it's not just hot, but today compared to yesterday or Friday, the humidity has been absolutely sweltering. So um, it wasn't easy in the car. We even saw him during the race sort of lifting his hands out of the cockpit. We saw how quickly he had his visor open coming around that last corner and into his final pit stop as well. So it was clearly demanding. And I think, honestly, for me, one of the things, one of the conversations I have many times with people is, well, these F1 drivers are really athletes. They sit down and they turn a wheel, but they're not running around a sports pitch or doing any of that. And I think today just shows quite how demanding this sport can be and really, really is a testament to the sort of physical condition, the discipline and the effort they put in day after day away from the racetracks um, in order to, to be in peak condition and not be the limitation of the car on a day like this. Yeah, real, real test for them. Uh we had a question from a uh, listener, Bryn, a, a little bit ago. I wanted to know about the strategy that was used at the end of the race, George going on to softs, and then looked like the pace wasn't there. Was there a reason for that? It was a really simple reason for it. Um, he came out of the pits. We wanted to manage that tyre for a couple of laps, just in case there was a safety car and it needed to be fresh at the end. Then we were like, right, we're going to go for fastest lap. So you take a, quite a hit for that charging the battery so that it's completely full for you to be able to drain it on that quick lap. Then he got into that lap. It's about four tenths off after three corners, had a snap, um, went off. So that lap was done. And then after that, Leclerc was closing in and we'd given away some lap time in going for fastest lap. So he just then had to knuckle down and make sure he brought it home um, with enough of a margin. Charles had a real push at the end. And I think, I think he crossed the line something like 4.8 or 4.9 seconds behind George. So we were obviously a little apprehensive about track limits as well when that black and white flag came up. So there's a bit more jeopardy in there than we thought. But I don't think we ever really saw the true pace of that soft tyre um, on George um, in those final laps. Well, there you go, Bryn. Hopefully that answers your question. And, and just finally, the, the big topic moving forward then is, is what happens in terms of a debrief for the team? How do you address the collision? Is it done tonight? Is it done in the future, back at the factory? How do you then get the drivers talking? Yeah, I think, you know, Lewis has apologised to the team and taken his part of responsibility for the accident. George has done exactly the same. So they have a huge amount of respect for each other. Yes, there's the normal competitive tension that you want between teammates and that you expect, but they are... Um, their colleagues as well and you know they know that they're working together to get the team Peter in the championship this year so they'll talk about it put it behind them and I'm sure we'll see both of them coming back even stronger in Austin where we've also got our last upgrade of the season to put on the car hopefully another small step forward um, and then yeah we'll just be giving it everything to secure that P2. Well we look forward to seeing how you go in Austin thank you very much for that Bradley. There you go, Bryn. Your question was answered 7,000 miles away, live on the air. <laughs> but that was great. Actually, a great insight, wasn't it? Understanding, you know, having to go recharge the battery and everything. That was great. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah, it's the sort of things you're not always aware of, or, yeah, you certainly need a team's point of view. Um, there was a point I did wonder if he was backing off for a, for a fastest lap attempt, but then having not seen the start of that attempt and him going off, it just looked like slow lap times each time. So you kind of have to... Yeah. Uh, assume there was a problem uh so yeah there was really good insight there from from bradley and just following up as well on the upgrade it's on the floor for mercedes uh, and james allison was explaining uh, this morning or this afternoon before the race that it's hopefully going to give them a bit of a step forward in performance but also it's more targeted at being a bellwether for the future that they're going in the right direction so they're really keen to see that it shows the development they're doing now for next year's car uh, and where they're headed with all the changes they want to make, uh, are paying off in the way they hope. Mm. Uh, I want to touch on the constructor standings. We talked about it. So Red Bull out there with 657. And I'm going to do a double check, refresh. Yep, 657. And then Mercedes with 326. Ferrari with 298. So 28 points separate them. And then down to Aston Martin, 230. So 68 to them. And then, but McLaren right behind Aston Martin with 219. So only 11 points separate them now after a dub another double podium for McLaren. And then Alpine with 90, Williams with 23, Alfa Romeo now. We talked about them having 16 over Haas' 12 now. That's a, a change in position, a $10 million change in position. And then Alfa Tari with five points. But, uh, but yeah, Chris, before you came on, we talked about what a 
you know, this is such a huge impact for these teams. And Haas now, you know, that that makes four points, which doesn't sound like a lot of points, but when you're always battling for that that one or two points, this could be really this could be where they end down here at the bottom. Now Haas is bringing upgrades to Austin and you know, if they could get if they could get double points just like Alfa Romeo did today, that would help. But but yeah, this is uh, that's a big deal that happened today, wasn't it? Oh, big time, yeah. Uh, as much as we uh, grabbed uh, Shogun Yu to kind of get the reaction from Alfa Romeo and the celebrations there for that result, you know, flip side is the complete opposite at Haas. I think as a weekend, it's kind of slipped away in a way they probably weren't expecting. I mean, uh, surprising to see a couple of points going Williams' way in a sprint, uh, especially with the way the weekend had started. Uh, and then with the starting positions today, would have fancied their chances to be solid. I mean, the Alfa Romeo has looked good, but uh, I don't think they'd have thought double points. And not only that, it wasn't ninth and tenth, it was eighth and ninth. So yeah, you know, that, that's how quickly it can turn because it's hard, hard to get a big weekend like that. You know, and that is a big weekend for these teams. So Haas will really need that upgrade in Austin to, to pay dividends, to give them a chance at least of doing this in one of the remaining five rounds. You know, one place where they might have a, ch- a shot is there's another sprint race in Austin and Hulkenberg has been so good in, you know, I know that, you know, he's in qualifying, but um, now was it Hulkenberg or was it Magnuson that scored points in the sprint earlier in the season? Chris, do you remember? Bob? It was Hulkenberg, I seem to remember. It in was, Austria. okay. Uh, yeah, that's uh, right. Yeah. Yeah, but that could be another opportunity for Haas to catch back up with their new gear. Hopefully, you know, I always get excited about upgrades for a team, but I also worry a little bit because you, then you're messing with the the equation. You're messing with the algorithm. Or, <laughs> you know what I mean? Where you're you're ch- making a change in a team, and if you if you don't get everything right, you know how this, it's such a system. In other words, it's not just okay. We're going to add this, and it's going to make the car faster. It changes the balance or whatever, and maybe even go backwards. Well, not only that, they're doing it in a sprint race, as you say. So only going to be one session to really get on top of that. That's right. Uh, it's it's ahead of that. Not yeah. a lot of time. Yeah, so you've you got to hope it really is bolt on and works. And it might also be that it bolt, you bolt it on and there's a small step forward or almost no change in performance. And that might not look so good, but that might be a, a good indication that given more track running and more data and learning how to set it up, that it, it does have good potential. So, um, yeah, it'll be, a, it'll be a busy, busy weekend for Haas in Austin. Yeah. Hey, Chris, I want to ask you, when I was running down the grid earlier, I, I pointed out that Alonso in sixth and Lance Stroll you know, he's had such a rough time of it that 11th seems like a, a really good finish for him. Um, I just want to get your take on that. I mean, and and his whole, what's, what's going on with Lance Stroll? It seems just really amazing, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Uh, I, I think I'm just going to check the actual final uh, classification or provisional classification because that's all we can work with at the moment. The, there's not a final one uh, in terms of it being... Uh, no protests and all that sort of uh, talk. Yeah. And I imagine teams are going through on boards and checking everyone else's track limits to see if there should be any more time penalties out there. But when they crossed the line, uh, Stroll, with the time that he'd completed the race in, was 32 seconds behind Alonso. But that did involve an extra time penalty, uh, at least one. Uh, in fact, it was two for him, but I think one he would have taken in the race. So he would have been 27 seconds behind. So there was a point it was closer earlier in the race. Uh, but no, it. Just, yeah, it looked like it was coming towards him for a little bit. And then it just slipped away. With Perez's late penalty, he was 1.5 seconds off the points. And they could have been crucial points for, for Aston Martin in this McLaren fight. So he's had a habit of moving forward in races, getting his head down and doing a solid job over a race distance, uh, but normally off the back of a really poor qualifying in recent weeks. So in a sense, you could say it's easier to, to make that progress when you start so far back. But... I think he really does need a big, big result somewhere, uh, maybe an Alonso beating result or a point scoring result, because the pressure is just going to build and build on him after um, poor results and then losing his rag on Friday after getting knocked out and qualifying. I think you know that that pressure that people talk about from the outside that surely you know the, the team look at his performance and know that it can't be sustained, but in reality, you know if you've got Lawrence Stroll in charge, I don't think that, that is happening. I think I think he's fully protected there so um yeah that's one of those where i imagine um that the uh, the aston martin pressure will build i'm just trying to line up andreas stella but i think he's off to speak to 
some television crews. So we'll try and get him a little bit later in the show if we have the time. All right. um, because we had him yesterday, didn't we? After a, a win in the sprint and then second and third round today. It's just what, what a run they're on. I know. Just amazing. Incredible. All right, guys, we got to do a quick break and we'll come, we come back. We'll see who else Chris can get with the microphone. Listen to Speed City back after these messages. Motivation USA, catering to the sport bike enthusiast looking for truly unique parts and accessories. Stand out from the crowd. Motivation is the exclusive North American distributor for SC Project MotoGP inspired exhausts and the largest Rizoma retailer in the United States. Get the best parts from around the world at the best prices with fast shipping and a knowledgeable staff ready to help. Shop online 24-7 at MotivationUSA.com. That's MotivationUSA.com. If you want to know where the path to Formula One and Indy begins, it's three simple letters, VRD. VRD Racing of Atlanta, Georgia are dedicated to nurturing young, single-seater drivers on their quest to the pinnacle of motorsport. Having just wrapped up the team's championship title in 2021 in the F4 US Championship, they also have programs in FR Americas, the all-new USF Juniors, and the road to Indy. VRD is the perfect environment for success. To join the team, drop them a DM on Instagram at Velocity underscore RD. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Hi, this is Max Steppen, and you're listening to Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. Okay, during the break, Bob Varsha was sharing with us a little nugget that he found out about Las Vegas. Go ahead, Bob. Tell us about that. Right. I'll recap. Uh, an FIA official told me that there are crews working right now to perfect a technique they're going to need because the organizers of the race have been told that the Las Vegas script must be script strip must be reopened to traffic um twice a day that will involve moving 381 concrete barriers and all of the associated fencing cabling signage electrical what have you twice a day that has to there are no support races in vegas only formula one and this is probably the reason so they need to uh to to do this as expeditiously as possible. And I'm told there are teams right now rehearsing this this huge logistical nightmare hey, that uh, that they're facing. Bob, the good news is is that Las Vegas has plenty of what it takes to fix a problem like that. And yes, Casey, money. Well, <laughs> yeah. The problem is, I think those folks who have already put four hundred million dollars into the event from uh, from Formula One. Um, are kind of scraping the bottom of the piggy bank at this point. Um, but you're right. I mean, you can do anything with enough money. And, uh, oh, the other point that raised the hackles of the organizers was city officials came and said, can we have an extra half hour for uh, VIP hot laps on the circuit? And the Formula One folks told them, well, sure, just open the streets early in the morning. Oh, we can't do that. So what do you want to do? Well, can we just, you know, take minutes out of your practice sessions <laughs> to uh, allow, you know, whoever it is, share to, uh, share. to go rocketing around the racetrack? That's, um, a, that's an insight into Bob Barsha's brain. He chose share as the. <laughs> as, I'm I, no, I'm just kidding. Like. I have no idea who who I would have chosen. I have no Justin Bieber. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> hey, Chris, <clears throat> Chris, maybe we'll get some uh, rational thoughts from outside of the United States, because over here they're saying it's going to be the biggest sporting event in the, uh, across the entire planet. Now, I mean, they do have the giant dome thing that they're, uh, that, that sphere. the sphere, sorry. Yes. The sphere, but Chris, what, what's the rest of the world saying about Vegas? I mean, we're excited. Uh, we're very much looking forward to it to see what they put on, how it works. Been talking to teams about the sporting challenge of the, 
very late at night temperatures that we'll get, which will be a lot cooler than we've got right now. I can tell you, I'll need a few more layers than this. But um, I think there's maybe a little bit of skepticism about how big it will be based on, as a sporting event, normally there's also huge additional sporting value to it. So the season finale, perhaps if there's a, a title on the line, you know, the Super Bowl is to define the world champion between two teams. It all comes down to that. You know, this, without wanting to downplay it, because it will still be a great event, but it is just another race on the calendar in that sense of it will pay the same points. The, the, the world title has been decided, just like sadly here today, you know, it was as a race, it was not worth nothing more than anything else now. Uh, so I think that's a bold claim to go for the biggest sporting event on the planet. It could be one of the biggest events full stop on the planet for everything they want to do around it. But um, we'll have to see. And we'll have to see as well how many how many fans make it. Um, I, I think there might be some last minute decisions where people go, you know what? I want to be there. I'm just going to go to Vegas anyway. Uh, and the place could be packed as a city. But how, how many actually buy tickets? I don't know. So, um, yeah, it's, it's fascinating to see because uh, the potential for that race is huge. But I'd be amazed if they nailed it first time. If I look at the Miami example, and heck, if even if we look back at Cota and Austin, that went through a dip where it needed to find its feet again after the first year or two, uh, and it's done a brilliant job to do so. So it, it's never, you know, first time out, you knock it out of the park. Very, very rare. Uh, so I think with Vegas, it'll be kind of some great and some where they can improve. So maybe further down the line, it can become the biggest sporting event on the planet. But I certainly think for that event's success, it could do with a title fight that's going much deeper into the season, which sadly we're not getting this year. Well, the arguments against that would be, one, who doesn't want to go see a race on the Vegas Strip at night? It's going to be a spectacle. Number two is that Formula One themselves are pouring resources into this race like they've never done, if I can boldly say that, Chris, because, I mean, they've bought real estate in Vegas. They're making Vegas almost like a U.S. headquarters there. I mean, they, they are pouring money into this thing. So it it is it's definitely going to be a sight to behold. Uh, but that is a pretty crazy bowl. What do you think, Bob? Well, I'm reading the headlines about the uh, the threat of a strike by the hotel workers. Oh. That would throw a bit of a wrench into things. Yeah, yeah, the hospitality workers. Yeah, that would not be good. Um, hey, Chris, um, what's going on out there now? Has um, the, the temperature and humidity I dropped have... out? <laughs> not at all i am still sweating like you wouldn't believe right now uh, and i've worn a white shirt as well so it's not pretty but uh, i'm just trying to line myself up in the right place because i'm told i can speak to lando norris as soon as he comes out of the press conference uh, and ironically uh, as someone who works in the press i'm not positioned in the right place yet i've got to make sure i'm by the press conference room exit so uh, i was i was making that choice between seeing if we could grab anyone else or grabbing lando but uh, as you said i really would like to get a driver Still talking. And also, Lando seems to be the one of the top three who just seems to have a little bit more of a spring in his step, didn't he? So yes. I think he might be the one who will downplay how tough he's feeling. But uh, I'm sure if we're, what are we, about just over five in the show still? Yeah, about five minutes. Um, so hopefully he comes out quickly. Uh, if not, okay. I'll grab him for wheel to wheel. But I'd really love to get him yep. get him live. Um, so that's where I was just moving to. And I'd say quickly, Chris, as quickly as I dared. I, I got a quick uh, comment from... Haas F1, Hulkenberg, remember, I forgot about this. He started in the wrong spot because of Carlos Sainz. There was a right. blank spot there, and he said, uh, this is a quote from Hulkenberg. He says, I realized before I stopped, but you can't reverse, and the damage was done. So that was obviously a big mistake for me today. The conditions were very extreme. The heat, humidity, the place, the pace was incredibly high with the new asphalt, so I think we're all feeling it. But, yeah, that was that was a, a sad mistake. He, in fact, they showed a replay of him when he parked. He just looked around. You see his head snapping back and forth like, oh, no, I'm in the wrong spot here. That was a little bit rough for, for the Hulk. Yeah, big time. Big time. I think it was also when you saw where he was running early on, which you know, would have been slightly different from a, a grid slot back, but obviously there was no car in front of him. Uh, and then the move he put, I think it was on Ocon around the outside or Sonoda maybe at turn one. Really nice move. Yeah. And that came just before confirmation of the penalty and you're like oh yeah that's ruined it now uh, but uh, as the stewards said in their decision it wasn't like a car that was marginally over a white line or slightly too far forward slightly too far left or right uh, it was a car that was a whole row too far forward yeah. so uh, yeah that's why they were they were harsh on that one mm. uh hey chris i was you know we had bernie collins on uh, wheel to wheel earlier this year 
I'm just going to tell people she's a great Twitter follow. Um, she had some good insights before the race, during the race, after the race. Um, she was just talking about all this, the, the strategies and everything. It's a, you, she was kind of tweeting real time like you do, Chris, actually, but it was, uh, it was really good. So that's somebody that you ought to uh, – she's an ex-F1 strategist, so – Somebody you really ought to yeah, follow. Yeah, definitely give Bernie a follow. She's um, working with Formula One and Sky as well this year to, to bring insights. So guys and, guys and girls will have seen her on uh, some of ESPN's coverage, actually. But um, yeah, she'll be much more insightful than me as well because she's actually done this job <laughs> of running a strategy and you know, being within a team. So she'll have, she'll have seen all of that a lot better. Yeah, who was she a strategist for, Chris? It was Aston Martin. I thought, I thought um, so was, she, yeah. she started out working with McLaren and then she joined uh, Aston Martin when it was Force India. Was there for quite a long time. Uh, she was originally um, an engineer who was working on gearboxes, uh, and she was much more mechanically focused. And then took on a little bit of strategy, and it grew and evolved. And she became uh, the, the chief strategist there, and, and did an excellent job. So, um, yeah, uh, one of those really impressive uh, names that that forged her own path. And you know, what was great as well is like a, an iconic female in the sport that that people can look up to as having um, really climbed to a senior position within the team. Uh, and now is being respected for her opinion and insight and all of that as well. Hey, I've got a, a tweet from Carolyn Chanduk that I just uh, sent over to Casey to put up, and it shows a soft tire, and it says, this is why a new soft tire can't do a full stint, and this tire looks shredded. It does not look roadworthy. I wouldn't go down the street on that tire. It is destroyed, and I don't know exactly how many laps were on that thing, but <laughs> the fact that it even got that bad is pretty crazy. I'm wondering if that would be Russell's then, because I think he was the last no, it's one. A, it's a McLaren. It's a McLaren. I can see the, uh, the papaya. Uh, interesting. Well, they didn't use the soft at any point in the race. So it must have been from the sprint yesterday. Oh, maybe um, so. Or maybe even running to the track. Yeah, yeah. It's or a three-hour-old qualifying tweet. runs. Yeah, he just tweeted it. Yeah. Three hours. So I guess maybe it was from yesterday. So maybe that's what it was. Yeah, there was video but, uh, of a of a tire which did look like it was in the process of delaminating. There was rubber flapping around. Mm. Um, I don't recall the car. I was doing something else at the time, but um, yeah, mm. it, it got pretty serious. Well, we are almost out of time, off. Chris. I know you were going to try to get Lando. Um, any... Yeah, he's oh, still he's not there sadly yet. being, okay. it's, it's, it's my colleagues that are in the print media that is usually me if I'm not holding a microphone, who are <laughs> still asking questions in the press, press conference of Lando, Max and Oscar. So, I can see them on the screen um, still chatting away. So sadly, uh, when I grab him, it'll be for wheel to wheel him in midweek. But uh, yeah, we'll, we'll still get that for everybody. Just have to wait for the, for yeah. the next show. Uh, All right, well, and Max speaking, I'm told we might even get to speak to him in Austin too. So hopefully ooh, we'll hear nice. from the world champion then. All right. Well, cool. thanks everybody. We are out of time, but before I let you go, let's talk about next week and then the week after that, two weeks from now, Austin, right? And we'll be doing Austin, Texas, baby. And right, we'll be doing our normal shows. Plus, we'll have a local radio broadcast for that. Uh, but next Sunday night, getting you ready, we'll have the Sunday night with Speed City. And go to our website, speedcitybroadcast.com, to find out all the details. And we'll talk to you next week. Picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. 
There's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.